0: The Marlins continue their off-season moves, mainly off the field, primarily off the field. They make another move and add to their front office. The Marlins right now are having an an A-grade off-season, all in the front office. Are the Marlins going to offer a contract to Jorge Soler? They haven't yet, according to Jorge Soler. Equally, Sources telling me the Marlins are talking to Big Dan Vogelback. This is Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England. Welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, of course, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on X at Miami Marlins underscore UK. And don't forget to vote for me and Marlins Twitter. Madness. Round two has just commenced, going head to head with the Fish Army. Tough draw in round two. That's going to be a lot of fun. Interested to see which way the Braves vote goes. The Fish Army somehow have a huge connection into the Braves fan base. They absolutely love the Fish Army going to be a tough matchup. Uh, Thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. Uh, This is your team every day, of course, even in January, even when there's no baseball being played, but we are approaching spring training real, real soon. Make sure you hit subscribe over on YouTube as well. There is a YouTube channel and it's called Locked on Marlins, so hit subscribe over there. And if you do subscribe and view via YouTube, you will have the benefit of A, the graphics, and B, the rundown, and C, a little view into my living room if that helps you. I don't know if it does. Um, Hope everyone's doing well. Welcome to the episode on Tuesday, the 9th of Jan. We have a packed schedule. It feels like a busy news day for the Marlins, a busy news cycle, a lot of tweets from Craig Mish, which is always an indicator that stuff is happening. This episode, though, is sponsored by our good friends over at Jace Medical. You can empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat over 50 infections get yours today at jacemedical.com and use the code locked on to get 20 bucks off your order that's jacemedical.com and j a s e for jace and jacemedical.com all right guys tons to get into here the marlins have made another move in terms of their front office this has been the area of focus this off season it has been a rebuild the marlins have completed a single off-season rebuild, not of the playing staff, but of the front office staff. Peter Bendix continues to add, and he adds another trailblazing hire, Rachel Bolkovic. Man, oh man, will the Marlins ever hire anyone or interview anyone with a traditional sounding name or spelling name? Why do they keep doing this to me? The Marlins, they are just trolling me now. Peter Bendix is trolling me. He keeps having conversations with people and hiring people of which I have no idea how to pronounce their names. Where's Alan Jones when you need him? <laughs> Nevertheless, Rachel Bolgovic uh, is joining the Marlins' front office. Uh, another, I guess, splashy hire here for the Marlins. Her role uh, will be as director of player development. This has not yet been confirmed by the club itself, but has it's been shared by Craig, by Jeff, pa- uh, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff Parson. <laughs> Uh, so those guys obviously close to it Christina dina Cola on this one as well for MLB.com Jordan McFitt everyone's everyone's calling this out so Rachel will uh, become the Marlins Director of Player Development not exactly sure what the role will entail fully but uh, she has been for the past couple of seasons uh, with, the, with the Yankees organization and has been the A-ball manager so, first female manager um, within Major League Baseball. Uh, so, which is impressive in itself. Uh, I believe she also served as the uh, hitting coach uh, within the uh, Florida Complex League team and has worked uh, with uh, within the strength and conditioning coach affiliated in baseball. So, she's got tons of experience, primarily at the minor league level. Um, and so, you know, it feels like another really solid hire. By the Marlins. They continue to do this. They continue to add smart people, people that think differently, and people that can add value to this organization. So we'll wait to see and hear from Rachel uh, as a Marlin, but this is exciting news. Again, this was another role that was uh, vacant in terms of player development. And this is going to be an area where there's a lot of eyeballs because the Marlins and the organization, this has been one of clearly. One of the main issues over the past few years in terms of drafting, that's been an issue, but player development also, particularly on the offensive and hitting side. So with that, with Rachel having more of a, I guess, a hitting coach focus um, within her experience and obviously the, the experience at the minor league level, it feels like a good fit with what the Marlins need, and that is development and progression with the offensive guys in particular. It feels like they've cracked the pitching side, that can continue. Business as usual on that front. But to go with someone that has more of an offensive focus on player development, for me, makes a ton of sense. Again, the Marlins are having an A-grade uh, off season. It's funny, right? Because some of the, you know, you getting into the, the situation now where it's like it's into January and you're starting to get like off season grades. I mean, pretty much the Dodgers here, everyone else here, the Cubs way down there. Um, in some ways, but the, um, even you know even these articles that are giving like the Marlins a C grade give or take. They haven't done anything. They haven't added to, <laughs> really added to uh, the, the, the major league roster, to be honest with you, obviously the, the trade of Bruhan, but what has been happening there's been a lot of activity in this front office, and like I said, it has been a, uh, a single offseason rebuild of that front office led by Peter Bendix, which is exciting to see. I'm not certain if there's any other vacancies that now remain with this uh with this hire there probably is to be honest with you so um you know we'll wait to see what else comes but another another name added into the organization another uh, well thought of person to play uh, sorry a person that has a focus uh and, a, and an experience within mine leagues and from a hitting development perspective wait to see um wanted to briefly touch on some other news uh that's been i guess it's linked to the Marlins, but not linked to the Marlins, but kind of, and the news I'm talking about and the player I'm talking about is Harold Ramirez. Uh, Hitting Harold, Eli Sussman from Fish on First, pretty much his favorite ever player, I sense. I mean, whenever I see the name Harold Ramirez, I immediately think of Eli Sussman. He has that level of connection. Uh, For many, that's how people will maybe see Lewis Brinson's face and see me, particularly for my um, UK friends uh, that know I was a huge Lewis Brinson fan. Nevertheless, not to segue into Lewis Brinson, let's talk about Harold Ramirez. He is available, potentially, via a trade from the Rays. And in some ways, you know, there's obviously, he used to play for the Marlins um, before they moved on from him. And he then went on to have a, a, and continues to have a nice, really nice, above average, major league career. So in that perspective, if there's a player that's available, that's, you know, an outfielder, loosely that's had a a decent major league career and has kind of multiple years of control. He remains, he has two years of control remaining, uh, Harold Ramirez. Surely the Marlins should be interested, right? Uh, Why would they not? Um, In some ways, and just to talk about that, why would they not be interested? There's maybe a mental connection with that where you have to then go and give up prospects or pieces or players or whatever to go and acquire Harold Ramirez from the race. Because the Marlins cut him, Effectively and just moved on. It feels painful to go and do that. Like, it feels like this deal is a deal that maybe the Marlins will never do because of the history in the past. Should they be uh, influenced by the history in the past? Like, you know, Peter Bendix wasn't the, the guy that made that call. But it something kind of feels icky of the Marlins will have to go and send pieces and probably decent pieces to go and get Harold Ramirez from the race. So there's number one. Number two, and most importantly in this whole situation, I understand why we're talking about Harold Ramirez because A, the offseason is slow, <laughs> the Marlins. B, there's a player that's available that could improve the offense, uh, in theory. Um, here's the challenge. This is the main challenge that the Marlins face. The Rays are selling Harold Ramirez because he, is, he only has two years of control remaining. And that is the business model. It's the model of the Rays. When you start to get more expensive, you get moved for other pieces that they can come in and replace with that. Guys, the Marlins are being run as the Rays. So if the Rays are selling, the Marlins are not buying. That is the business model now the Marlins work with too. So if the Rays are selling, uh, and if it's a guy that is in latter years of ARB and needs to be paid and continue to get more expensive next year, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. And frankly, I'm glad it isn't happening. I just don't like the feeling. It's icky to me. It feels icky. I don't want to go and get Harold Ramirez and have to send a couple of prospects that probably will turn out to be good for a guy that the Marlins cut. Just live with your mistake and move on. That's my thought of it anyway. And like I said, if the Rays are selling, the Marlins would, should and will be selling too. And they will not be buying, no doubt about it. Not saying Harold Ramirez is not a decent player. He is. His numbers have proven that. But he's not a fit for the Marlins, considering the Marlins business model is exactly the same as the Tampa Bay Rays so um guys let's get into our first ad then i want to talk about hoy soler there's an update there update in terms of directly from hoy soler equally some craig mish murmurings on twitter that helps us to piece together what is happening equally i want to talk about another well another big guy another big bopper and a guy that in theory the Marlins could be looking to replace hoy soler with at a much reduced cost that guy is big, Dan vogelback We'll talk about him later as well. Uh, but guys, this episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Jace Medical. Yes, sir. So hold on a minute. We need to get some graphics for the ones that are watching. There we go. Graph. I need a producer, by the way. Does anyone want to come and produce this show? Um, <laughs> let me know if you're interested in that. But I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities in life. But can we talk just for a minute about preparing for real life according to the fda pharmacies are running out of antibiotics uh, right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade this is scary stuff no doubt i can't imagine a more helpless feeling uh, that if your kid got sick and while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed thankfully we'll be okay because of jace medical the jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list Of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, uh, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. You can visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. I love that, by the way. Physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. There's the kicker. it's never been more important to prepare, be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use the code Locked On to get 20 bucks off your order. All right, guys, welcome back to Locked On Marlins with me, Peter Pratt. It is Tuesday, the 9th of Jan. The Marlins have made another move to bolster their front office. Rachel Bulkovic has been added to the front office. Uh, and will be responsible for player development. All eyeballs on Rachel. Big role. And we're hoping to see some significant success. Harold Ramirez is available via trade, according to rumors and reports. Could there be a fit with the Marlins? There could be. Will the Marlins entertain it? They shouldn't be. And I don't think they will. There's been some talk today, some information shared. Hoé Soler. Hoé Soler talking Talking about contract situation, I believe he was directly asked about whether the Marlins have been in touch. Are the Marlins looking to make an offer? Are they in the bidding here for Solaire? I talked about in yesterday's episode about Solaire, the fact that these rumors started to circulate about the Red Sox. Like I said, it felt like it felt like these were just rumors to spark. There was to spark action by other teams. Why Solaire doesn't want to go to Boston? Come on, no way. He wants to go somewhere hot. That's just Hoy Soler's vibe. That's just the vibe I get. He's hanging around in South Florida. He just, he wants to be a Marlin. Problem is, and this is kind of where Craig's at, which is useful insight. The Marlins aren't in on Hoy Soler. They had the opportunity to offer him and extend that qualifying offer, and they declined it. If he wanted a one-year deal, the interesting part is, I wonder if Hoy Soler would have taken that. Looking back, like, would Soler have taken the one-year deal at 18, 19, 20, whatever the number is? Maybe he would. Kind of a bit like Josh Bell. Like, you were thinking, mm, bit on the fence here. And Josh Bell ends up taking it. Would Jorge Soler have taken it? I don't know. But he didn't. The Marlins didn't extend it to him. Which, to me, was the most obvious signal here. Because, you know, they didn't extend it to him because they felt like he could accept it. And the reality that we're seeing now is the Marlins can't afford it. <laughs> they can't afford Jorge Uh And thus, they aren't, active in their conversations with Hoi Soler. So I'm going to take this moment on Tuesday, the 9th of Jan, 25 past 8 UK time. I'm going to draw a line under the relationship with the Marlins and Hoy Soler. It's done, guys. It's done. I was hoping they could find a way. But the Marlins aren't going to spend the dough. They aren't active in conversations. I'm afraid the dream is dead. Hoy Soler back to the Marlins. Eh, not happening. Confirmed, in some ways, in my opinion. Uh, by Hoy Soler. I mean, they're not talking to him. And they can't afford him. So the Marlins need to pivot. Pivot? We need to pivot quickly and find different ways of replacing the types of attributes and uh, production that we saw from Hoy Soler. So, there's a guy. There's a guy that I think... Could be an option. <laughs> it's not going to blow you away, that's for sure. But it is a guy that has a profile, a power profile, and actually a really interesting baseball savant profile as well. I must say, I had fun looking at the baseball savant um, offensive profile for this guy, particularly in 2022. There is like a lot of red. like, And also, the interesting part too, in terms of walk percentage in 2022, this guy, he was 99th percentile in baseball. In chase percentage, 94, 94th percentile. Sweet spot percentage, 91st percentile. <coughs> ex Woba, 85th percentile. This dude's a stud. He's a stud. Batting average wasn't amazing, and the K rate wasn't amazing. But good eye, doesn't chase, can put his barrel on the ball, and can hit for power. The season I'm talking about as well with 2022 ended up with an OPS of 793 in 461 plate appearances, 18 home runs. So, okay, the average wasn't amazing, but the OBP was decent. The slug was decent. Thus, the OPS was good. Wasn't quite as good in 2023, it's fair to say. And you guys are probably thinking, well, maybe you're not thinking, maybe you've worked it out, but the guy I'm talking about is big Dan Bogleback. I'm going to talk about him straight after the final ad of the day. It's our good friends over at FanDuel, and the NFL season is, is wrapping up. The regular season's wrapped up, but the season itself well, for some is just getting started. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. <laughs> Stunning offer. The app is super easy to use, and it has so many different ways to bet. It includes live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays. How many times can you say parlays in one sentence? That's what this script is testing me, and more. (laughs) So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, back here with me, Peter Pratt, Tuesday, the ninth of Jan. We are talking Jorge Soler. It's done. We are talking Jorge Soler replacements. And why I'm talking about this guy, and I'm talking about big Dan Vogel back with the Mets last season. Um, I've already t- talked about his 2022 numbers and season. Wasn't quite as impressive in 2023. Uh, he was arbitration eligible. The Marlins, not the Marlins, the Mets, decided to non-tender... Big Dan. I don't actually know the ARB projected number. I should have checked that out, but I don't think it would have been like overly sizable. Less for round numbers, just call it 3 million for for Dan Vogelbach um, in in his final arbitration year. Uh, The Mets decide not to um, tender him. He was non-tendered, thus becoming a free agent. So why am I talking about Big Dan Vogelbach? Well, firstly, I should have already been thinking about him, and I wasn't, I have to be honest. And actually, when you consider, when you look, and I know, like, the name, the body type, the profile, like, you know, it feels like it feels like you're verging into Astadio territory. But if you actually go and have a look at the profile and some of the numbers and the history, um, there's a player there. There is a player there, no doubt about it. And a player that could, that could replace at least a good portion of the Hoi Soler production. And it doesn't have to be the whole production. This is what I've spoken about on previous episodes, because this year the Marlins have a full year of Jake Berger. They have a full year until we'll see how it goes up to the deadline of Josh Bell. So they are getting a power bump because the guys they acquired at the deadline are here for the start of the year too. And those guys offer some power. So they don't need to fully replace Hoy although he was a huge part, particularly in the early part um, of the year. So they need to find cheap power and cheap power that they can rely on. Big Dan Vogel back absolutely fits this profile, guys. Go and have a look. Go and have a look, particularly at the 2022 Baseball Savant profile. It looks impressive. It looks really impressive. And why am I talking about him? Overnight, a guy that I a guy that I trust, I won't share specifically who it is, but a guy that I trust um, messaged me and informed me that he believes the Marlins are already in discussions with Dan Vogelbach surrounding a potential free agent deal. Didn't specify whether it was a minor league deal. Could be. Obviously, the Marlins added one of those yesterday. And me I don't know what Dan Vogelbach's market looks like, but for a guy that has a decent track record at the big league level, I get the sense this is more likely to be a major league deal. And it could be the first major league deal uh, that the Marlins enter into in this offseason. They have not yet spent any major league dollars thus far, which is pretty crazy, but not unsurprising. And I trust this guy. He's been right before on other things. And he's not suggesting that the Marlins have agreed terms just that they have they have been in talks with big Dan Vogelbach. So there you go, source. And you can, you know, I never reveal my sources, of course. And I'm not a journalist either, guys. So I don't really know how to deal with this information. What do I do? What do I do? What I will do, and what I have done, is call out what I know. I then recommend that you go and have a look at Vogelbach's profile. And you could probably then start to piece together and work out This guy could fill a role here for the Marlins at a fraction of the cost that Hoy Soler would have come in at. They can't afford Soler. We know that. So the Marlins are shopping for guys under 5 million, maybe under 3 million to fill that hole. And to be honest with you, the more I've looked into it, the more I can see exactly why they'd be considering Dan Vogelbach as a DH option, a bench option. I don't know. Walks a ton, good eye, good power. Cheap contract makes a ton of sense. All of those things combined makes a ton of sense. So I've not heard anything linked to Vogelback and the Marlins or Vogelback and any club this offseason, frankly. So we'll wait to see if the source comes through. Wait to see if anything happens. We'll wait to see if the real reporters get onto this one, not these fans with podcasts. But I definitely think it's an option. And one that we maybe should have considered... The problem is, the reason we haven't considered it, is we've been dreaming on Roy Soler, J.D. Martinez, um, you know, Justin Turner, you know, every other... Like, if you're a proper club with a proper budget, the guys that you should be going after. And so, us as Marlins fans, naturally, we think we're a proper club and should be going after them. But we're not. (laughs) We're not a proper club with a proper budget. Um, We're a... what, What wants to be a proper club with a mediocre budget. And with that... You have to find value where others aren't looking. I don't think anyone's looking at vogelback and I think the Marlins are, and I think it could be a really good fit. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. Just a programming note, by the way. During January, it's a, a reduced it's a reduced amount of terms of episodes, so please, at this stage, don't expect a daily five episodes a week. Um, if there's news, there'll always be a Lockdown Marlins. You know that. You know that for certain. But during the off-season, this is classed as the off-season window now for us podcast hosts. um, There's a a slightly reduced schedule to allow us to recharge our batteries and get ready to rock and roll through spring and right through the whole of the season. So, guys, appreciate you making Lockdown Marlins your first listen. I'll be back this week, and I think I can feel like there's a ton of news brewing, particularly with these arbitration uh, uh, deadlines looming on Friday. So we'll be back real, real soon. I'll see you then.